this week on Word Without Limits. Hallelujah. So today I'm going to talk about anointing. See anointing. See anointing. Say neighbor. Look at me well today. Because it could be that I'm your in-law. Say neighbor. Look at me all today. Because it could be that I will be your boss. Say neighbor. Treat me well today. Because it could be that I'm your boss. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So anointed. Are you writing? Okay. So the word anoint in Hebrew is the word masad. When you hear the word anointed in Hebrew, it means masad. It means to pour oil or rub something, oil on something and consecrate it. Hallelujah. So those times in Hebrew, are you listening? Those times in Hebrew culture, whenever they wanted to consecrate something, they would pour oil on that thing and then they would set it aside and say, oh, this thing has been anointed. And then whenever something becomes anointed, it becomes valuable. It becomes something that is holy and people respect. People don't treat it anyhow. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, it wasn't just human beings that were anointed. Are you here? It wasn't just human beings that were getting anointed. They could even anoint tombs. Hallelujah. Amen. Open to the book of Isaiah, chapter 21, verse 5. So the anointing, or the word Masa, means to rub with oil, or to pour oil on something and consecrate that. To pour oil. So in the Old Testament, commitment, if you are this chair, they will pour oil on it. So when you read throughout the scriptures, you find out that the Bible said that when Jacob was traveling and he went to a place, and he slept and he had a dream. And in the dream, angels were descending, ascending, and descending. He woke up and then the Bible said that he took that stone, anointed it, and said, He called the place Peniel because he said that this was the Lord's place in my reports. Hallelujah. So in the Old Testament, it wasn't just people that were anointed, they could anoint things, they could anoint anything they, they thought was a point of contact between them and God. Hallelujah. Or anything they talk about will come upon. He said, prepare the table, watch in the tower, eat, drink, arise, eat, praise, anoint the shield. Hallelujah. So it means that in the Old Testament, even shields could be consecrated, could be anointed. Hallelujah. And I used an example when Jacob was traveling, he had a dream, and he anointed that place. And that place became an altar. It became a meeting point between them. Are you here? So anointing is not just, in the Old Testament, it wasn't just about people um, being anointed, even things could become anointed. Hallelujah. Amen. And I said that whenever something is anointed, in the Old Testament, they poured oil on that thing and consecrated it. So they pour oil on anything that they felt was supposed to be anointed and then they consecrated it. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, and Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his spirits. Bible said that the stone he had put for what? His pillows. So the stones became his pillows. How can a man have stones as his pillow? 
Hallelujah. But let me give you an example. You see, wherever you lay your head, wherever you sleep in life, will determine your future. Should, should I give you an example? Bible says Jacob slept on a stone. And then he had a dream. And in the dream, he saw angels ascending and descending. Samson slept on the Nile's star. He woke up and his eyes were gone. Hallelujah. So, wherever you lay your head, wherever you put your head at any point in time, can determine how far you see. Because Jacob's dream directed him into his future. Samson's dream killed him all of a sudden. So, wherever you lay your head at any point in time, will determine where your life will get to. I'm not talking about literally. I'm talking about where your mind is, where your plans are, where your convictions are. So, Samson, he was convinced that Nina was a good, a good woman. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How can you be in love with someone? Every day we saw ourselves where is your strength. Every day the person is trying to know. And you know that this person was trying to know. Maybe the person the person was actually for Philistine. So the person was your enemy. Now you are thinking the person has your love. Now the person wants to know your secrets or what to lose your life. The person asks you every day, what is your plan? Or what is making you strong? I say, I won't tell you. No one where they are growing. I won't tell. You. And then you don't tell the person. And another time, the person will ask you again. And they be like, Oh, I won't tell. You. I won't tell. You. Then the person keeps asking you. You see, even what he was doing wasn't that. Was last. Hallelujah. That's how most people in our generation are feeling. Who be audience who feeling now? We don't like the person. It's last. It's the person's face. It's the person's body. Since money. Hallelujah. So Bible said Jacob anointed that altar and it became a point of contact between him and God. So he poured oil upon the top of it. So he anointed that place. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. So in biblical terms, to be anointed means to be set apart for God. Who here is set apart for God? Who here is set apart for God? Hallelujah. Who here is set apart for God? Okay, we'll get there. In literal terms, I said that to be anointed means to pour oil on something or to rub oil with something. But in biblical terms, whenever we say someone is anointed, it means that person has been set apart for God. So, there may be a group of people at a place. There may be people in different places but you God handpicks you and he tells you that you you are my son I want to do this and that with you hallelujah and then one dangerous thing about anointing in terms of God is that God doesn't look at men as we see men so yet here when I talk I tell you right now that in our day we are almost the same but if we are in a place and then maybe we we are asking ourselves who do you think really qualifies for God's blessings. You might go and place your hand on someone and you think about oh, this person looks like God would do something tremendous in that person in that person's life. God doesn't see men as you see men. Hallelujah. God doesn't look at where you've come from or whose son you are or where you were born or how good you are in school or how brilliant you are or how rich you are to select men or to set them apart. Whenever God wants to set a man apart for his work, or God wants to set a man apart for things he wants to do in life, 
It doesn't matter how much money you have or you don't have, how many friends you have, how good your house is. God doesn't see men as you and I see men. Amen. No, okay, we almost disembark. I mean, maybe if you go out, I even more times see people posting like, I want a best a rich man's daughter as a bestie. I want a rich man's daughter as a bestie. So because I want to marry this, I want to marry. Because we, we have we have tendencies, we have proclivities of choosing men who we think are qualified. Hallelujah. We look at stature, we look at people's body, we look at how they look. Look at how good they are to us. And when God wants to set a man apart for him, he doesn't look at anything. The Bible said that Abraham was in his father's house and God called him out of his father's house. The man was just in his father's house. We're in the book of Genesis 13. And God called Abraham out of his father's house. So when it comes to God calling us, God doesn't look at where we come from or where we are going. He just sees what he sees. He sees what no man can see in a man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. So there are people that God anointed in the Old Testament. Whenever God set a man apart or anointed a man in the Old Testament, the person became empowered for the master's use. And in the Old Testament, there were three categories of people that God at all times was anointed for a particular purpose. Hallelujah. One was a prophet. So whenever God called a prophet, he would tell another prophet to go and anoint or go and consecrate that person. The second group of people that God anointed at all times were priests who were working in the temple. So Aaron and his sons and all the people in the tribe of Levi. Whenever God made them priest or high priest, God made sure that he anointed them. Or kings. Whenever God called a man to be a king, God made sure that he anointed that man so that his spirit would come upon the person. So whenever a person is anointed, the spirit of God comes upon the person. Whenever a place or a thing is anointed, the spirit of God comes upon that place or that thing. That's why Jacob anointed that place. That place had the presence of God. Whenever a man is set apart and the spirit of God or the is anointed, the spirit of God comes upon the person. And that person becomes empowered for the master's use. That's what the beginning, God doesn't see men as we see men. When someone was going to anoint David, he entered the house. You see, the thing is that God didn't tell him that this is the exact son that you're supposed to anoint, the exact son of Jesse that you're supposed to anoint. When he entered the house, he saw the one who looked well structured. He saw the one who was more handsome. He looked like a king. So he said that, yes, this is the one God wants. When he was about to anoint him, God told him that stop. Perhaps he went to the second son. He tried to anoint him. He is a prophet. But you see, even every human being on earth has the tendency of seeing things in a way that doesn't affect their spiritual life. For example, you are here. You are telling God that, God, I want to know your will, your way. I want to know what your plan is. And then maybe you are praying for a job, for a scholarship. Started a scholarship door opens for you outside the country. What would you do? What would you do? You just go and one and go. Maybe you're praying that even as then all of a sudden Oxford opens for you. Who would not go or who would go? Why never go? 
was talking about when we heard he was talking about Jesus. So he was prophesying about Jesus. So Psalm 23 is called a shepherd savior. Psalm 24 is called a suffering savior. Psalm 22 is called the suffering savior. So when you look at Psalm 22, you find out that he prophesied and said, My Lord, my God, why has thou forsaken me? In Psalm 24, God, Jesus will die and he will resurrect and he will be exalted amongst all men. That's when he prophesied, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwelleth therein. For he has planted upon the seas and established upon the plants. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He was talking about Jesus. He who has a clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted his soul to vanity, nor sworn deceased, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness of the God of his salvation. Hallelujah. So, David was one of the people who prophesied most about Jesus, though he had not met him. So, David wasn't, when he was anointed, he wasn't just a king, he was also a prophet. So, in the Old Testament, whenever a person was chosen as a king, as a priest, as a prophet, they would anoint you. The reason was because they knew that without the presence of God or the anointing, which is the presence of the Holy Spirit in a man's life, no man can function well. Hallelujah. If you want to be able to function well as a believer, make sure you grow in anointing. Amen. Because all of us sitting here, we are anointed of God. You are anointed. I'm anointed. You are get there. Hallelujah. 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 So in the Old Testament, whenever a person was anointed, the person was empowered for God's way. First Samuel 16, 13. First Samuel 16, 13. And someone took the horn of oil. One time I'll teach you about something. You see, when you study the anointing that happened in Saul's life, it was different from David's home. The Bible says he took a jar of oil and he poured it upon Saul, and Saul was anointed king over Israel. But when he got to the Bible says he didn't take a jar, he took a horn of oil. Horn being used was a form or a typology of Christ because before you can get a horn, an animal has to die. Hallelujah. Are you here? Before you can get a horn, an animal has to be said, And someone took a bow of something like a jar. He picked the bow, took it, and then he poured it upon his head. And kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord had anointed you? And come to know why his name This was Saul. So when you know David and Saul, one not David and Saul are story. So Saul was the king who preceded David. What happened was that later he corrupted himself. So God had to take him off. So when God was taking Saul off, he now put him. And when they got to David, they used the jam or the bow or the hands that they used the oil anointed him. One use there means that animal had to be slain. And in the Old Testament, whenever a person sinned, they used an animal to they sacrificed an animal as a form of uh, remittance to the sin that the person had done. So David's anointing or he being anointed was special because an animal was even sacrificed before he became king. And a sacrifice was done before he became a king in Israel. That was one of the reasons why David's anointing was peculiar. Are you here? Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Bible says, and someone took the horn of oil and anointed it in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So David was playing harp in the wilderness. He was training himself. He was killing wild animals at all times. But Bible said that the day that he became anointed, something changed in his mind. So David was a common man who was a farm boy, who was a boy in the wilderness. But one day something strange happened. What happened? Bible said that someone came to their house and he wanted to anoint someone as a king over Israel. But God had said that one of the sons of Jesse, the Bible, he knew Israel. So when he got there, he started trying to anoint the big brothers. About anointing and God will tell him, Samuel, don't anoint him. So Samuel will stop. He kept doing it until he tried it on all the sons. Then he asked, that is there any other son? In fact, so they had to go and call David for him to come. When he came, back to said that, and Samuel said to Jesse, I hear all thy children. And he said, there remain it. Yet the youngest, the behold, Jesse said, I'm going to there's one somewhere and someone said unto Jesus send and fetch him for we will not sit down till he come here I pray over you whoever is supposed to help your life will not sit down until you come in the name of Jesus David is a farm boy who doesn't have any special qualities in his life then one day the boy who is in the field a prophet comes into their house and the prophet is trying to anoint someone tries all the sons of Jesse then they tell him that as he's trying God will tell him that that's not the son I want to anoint and all of a sudden they tell him that then all of a sudden that prophet of Israel tells all of them that we here not like we won't even eat or anything he said that we won't sit until that farm boy comes from the wilderness into this house how special can it be that a boy who there's nothing special concerning this life all of a sudden they are saying that until that boy comes we will not sit down and truly truly they didn't sit until he came go to the next verse and he sent and he brought him in now he was rudy and without bible said that he was rough but there was something about him everyone said that he had a beautiful countenance the boy who was in the field in like farm boy, but farm boy, but there was one thing about David. David was keeping himself well. He knew how to organize things. Even whilst he was in the wilderness and he was doing those things, he was still keeping himself well. So Bible when they saw him, he was of goodly appearance and he was beautiful. And to look, and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. I pray over your life. That the Lord cause a fresh oil to come upon your life now in the name of Jesus things that you struggle to do over the years the Lord will strengthen your hand and you will to get them done in the name of Jesus things that should have taken you years the Lord will cause you to do them in months in the name of Jesus go to the next verse and then someone took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day so the boy was doing all sorts of things but all of a sudden that day he became a special human being how bible said the spirit of the lord came upon david that day of forward so someone rose up and went to ramah when you read after this david became special it was after this that he went and killed Goliath. 
was the spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily that he changed him. The whole Israel thing knew that David had been anointed as a king, so they were still treating him the way they used to. But his brethren and he himself, he knew that something special had happened. When the anointing comes upon your life, you will know. People around you will know. When you enter into a place, people will see something special. They won't be able to describe. But I say, but wait, there's something special about you. You don't know. But I pray for you today. That because of the anointing, may something special be seen in your life. It may not be money, it may not be beauty, nor handsomeness, nor intelligence. But when you appear in a place, because you have the anointing, people will know that you are here in the name of Jesus. I pray over you that the Lord will set your foot on higher grounds. The Lord will cause your feet to stand in higher places. The Lord will cause you to walk in places He has been for your life. Over you that from today, because of the evidence of the anointing, you will do well in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm closing. So we have seen that when the anointing comes, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. Because when David was anointed, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And mind you, anointing is not in anointing oil. Hallelujah. Once we be told anointing oil. Anointing is not in anointing oil. When we started, I told you that even a stone can become anointed when we consecrate it and pray for the Spirit of the Lord to come upon it. Find a guy. Who remembers I said that? So anything at all can become anointed. Hallelujah. But mostly we use oil as a conduit or as a form of representation for the anointing. But anointing is not in oils. The only time an oil will become anointed is when we intentionally over it for the Spirit of the Lord to come upon it. Hallelujah. Are you here? So you yourself, if you start walking in the high places God has ordained for you, you start walking intimately with God. You can pray over a handkerchief and it will become anointed. Bible said that there was a time that they would take the aprons of Peter and they would lay it on people who were sick in the book of Acts and they would become healed. Why? Because the apron became anointed. So when you are anointed, whatever you touch becomes anointed. Hallelujah. You are not here. Hallelujah. So anointing is not in anointing oils, but we use anointing oils as a conduit of the anointing. Amen. I'm trying to end, so I want you to understand the whole thing. Anointing is not in anointing oil. Anything can become anointed when it's prayed upon by an anointed person. Hallelujah. 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 Okay. So, in the New Testament, Bible said that Jesus was called what? Jesus Christ, the word Messiah. The word Messiah means that the anointed one. When Jesus was on earth, he was the one who carried all the anointings of God within him. He was the fullness. Bible said he was the fullness of the Godhead. He carried the fullness of the Godhead within him. So when Jesus came, in the Old Testament, there were three people that mostly were anointed for special things. I said prophets, kings, and priests. Though God would anoint one person for a specific purpose. So judges, he one time anointed Samson and he became strong. And the anointing is in different folds. God can anoint you in the area of wealth in the Old Testament and then you become so blessed that whatever you do you get so much money you may be doing the same thing but you will be getting more results than that someone will be anointed in the area of wisdom whereby the person will be operating the wisdom of God we may all have the same issue but the way you tackle it will be different for Bible in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily so when Jesus was on earth he was the fullness of the anointing of God are you here? 
you understand the things I'm saying? It's not just what as all the anointing of God was within him. He had God's anointing in him. So Jesus was called the anointed one, the Messiah. Hallelujah. But you see, even as Jesus was called the Messiah, when he died, that anointing that was upon him, he came into you. How? Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If the anointed one, which is Jesus, now lives in you, what would happen to you? So that when you are anointed and you touch anything, that thing becomes what? Anointed. Now, the fullness of anointing lives in your spirit, man. So you sitting here, you have been anointed. That's what the Bible said in the book of Peter. He said, For you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you show forth the praise of him who has called you from darkness into his marvelous light. So you here, God doesn't see you to be called Nadide. He sees you as an anointed Nadide. Why? Because you have Christ in you. Bible said in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said that, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. They shall be my witnesses from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the outermost part of the world. The thing is that you here, now you are no longer normal. Hallelujah. Why? Because Christ is in you. And even as Christ is in you, you have become anointed. Amen. So everyone here, you are anointed. The reason why you don't know is because you don't believe that you are you have not acknowledged that you are anointed. That's what the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians 1.30. It said that Christ has made unto us wisdom, sanctification, holiness, redemption. So, Christ is your wisdom now. Christ has become your wisdom. He has become your holiness. He has become your sanctification. Now, you are sanctified and set apart for God. You are anointed. Hallelujah. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus. Of God is made unto us, you and I righteousness and sanctification and redemption so bible said that you sitting here now you have something called the wisdom of god in you you have something called righteousness you have something called sanctification and redemption why because you have christ who is the fullness of the god in your body here, god sees you to be anointed hallelujah but you don't believe it the reason why you are anointed is, anointed is not because you did anything right. Because when you receive Christ into you as a child of God, the day you said that, Father, today I give my life to you, that day Christ came to live in you. When, when he came to live in you, the fullness of God came into your spirit, man. And as virtue of that, you became anointed. Hallelujah. But every man must grow in anointing. I'll teach you that next week. Hallelujah. Now let's open our last scripture. First John two twenty seven. First John chapter two verse twenty seven. He said that, but the anointing. Listen to something carefully. The anointing we have received of Him. Who are we talking about? When you read the preceding verses, we was talking about Jesus here. He said that the anointing which ye have received of him abide in you. And you did not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and there's no lie, and even as it had taught you, you shall abide in him. 
this thing wants us to understand that no man can abide in God without God. He said that but the anointing which he has received of him abides in you. So when he came into Christ, the Bible said that we received an anointing in Christ when Jesus came into us. And said that you have received of him in you. So the anointing of God, it doesn't leave. In the Old Testament, when the anointing comes upon a person, it leaves when it's done doing its job. So when you need the anointing again, you have to ask God to bring the anointing again. That's why I don't know who has said this scripture before. David said, Father, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. One artist will be cast as a It was because in the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit comes, he leaves when he's done working with you. Hallelujah. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit never leaves. When you become a born again believer, even when you sin, the Holy Spirit is still with you. That's why Bible says Christ has been made unto us wisdom, sanctification, redemption. When Jesus was leaving, he told them that I'll send for the comforter who will never leave you nor forsake you. And he will teach you all truths. And now the Holy Spirit is in you. Even if you kill, who say go and kill anyone, you are not supposed to. Because Paul said that shall we continue to abound in sin so that grace will abound? No. You're not supposed to continue. But the thing is that no matter how many sins you commit as a child of God, until you open your mouth to renounce the Lordship of Christ in your life, the Holy Spirit never leaves you. Because by strength shall no man be grow. The Bible says in the book of Zechariah, it says, it's not by mind, neither by power, but by the Holy Spirit, it's in the, the Lord of hosts. So the only way by which you can stay in God is by the workings of the Holy Spirit in your life. So the Holy Spirit never leaves you. The anointing never leaves you. When you are a born again believer of God, the anointing never leaves. The only day it will leave is when you continue sinning to a point where you renounce the Lordship of Christ and you come out of God. And yes, sir, when you sin, don't shy away from God because God knows how weak you are as a human being. That is why He gave you the Holy Spirit even when you didn't deserve it. Hallelujah. Are you here? He said, is, and He answered and spoke unto him that this is the word of the Lord, not to Zerubbabel, saying, not by mind. It's not by your mind that you'll be able to live a holy life of God. Not by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. So the only way by which you can live for God is not because you think you are right. It is because the anointing we talked about in the book of First John, it will empower you to abide in God. Go back to the book of First John. He said, so this is the last point that we go. He said that the anointing which ye have received of him abides in you. And what does that anointing do? And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you, you of all things, it is truth and it's no lie. And even as it has taught you, you shall abide in God. The only way by which you can be able to serve God until the end is because you have an anointing of God in you. That anointing makes you abide in God. That's what the Bible says. If you live in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask anything to be given to you. Yes, we will continue concerning the anointing. I'll talk to you about how you can stay in the anointing. I'll talk to you about anointing and grace. So this, in the next three weeks, we'll continue about the anointing. But one thing you should know is that as you are in Christ, you are anointed. Hallelujah. The Bible makes us understand the anointing comes with the wisdom of God. The anointing comes with the might of God. As you are in school, as you are working, you should know that whenever things are difficult, begin to, and the anointing can increase. How? Bible said that by you beloved building up your most holy faith praying the Holy Ghost the more a person prays the more the person increases in anointing 
Bible said that grace and peace be multiplied unto you according to the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. So the more a person also learns God's word and increases in knowledge, the more the anointing upon your life increases. We have received an anointing, but we must make sure that we engage the anointing until we become more anointed. Bible said that in the book of Luke, that Jesus, the Son of God, when he became anointed, he said, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was taken into the wilderness. And when he came back, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The more you do things put it to the kingdom of God, the more the anointing upon your life increases. Hallelujah. He said, now, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So, when the anointing comes, you must be able to preach the gospel. Every believer, one of the reasons why God gives us the anointing is because you must be able to preach the gospel. You must be able to tell people the good news. You must be able to invite people to church. You must be able to tell people that God loves you. Say so that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He anointed me to bring the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to you the broken hearted. Preach deliverance to the captives and recover your sight to the blind. To set at liberty the who are bruised. So, the reason why you sit in here. God has invested his anointing into you and you have the Holy Spirit in you is because God wants you to go out. You don't need to become a pastor. You don't need to become a church leader. Wherever you find yourself, wherever you are, the hostel, the class, wherever you work, God wants your life to shine so that men will come to the same knowledge of Christ. So that you'll be able to deliver the poor. So that you'll be able to bring demons to people who are bound. So that you'll be able to bring healing to other people. So, you may not pray for the person to be healed, but because you get so much money, to get help. Hallelujah. The anointing, it can be shopping in a certain dimension. So you can have the wisdom of God in you so much. Say, whenever you speak, people will be like, who taught you this thing? Because I'm Prophet John that the anointing teaches us all truth at all times. So whenever you're working, things are not working. You begin to pray. Then all of a sudden, the anointing will begin to flow. The out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living waters. The anointing will begin to flow and begin to accomplish things you don't even know can be accomplished. You are in the exam room. You are trying to remember the things you learned. It's not coming. You begin to pray in tongues silently. All of a sudden, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living waters. You begin to remember things you don't even remember. You are in the place you need money. Money is not coming. You begin to recognize that you are anointed. Begin to command. Begin to pray. All of a sudden, the doors will begin to open. Why? Because the anointing that we receive of Him abides in us and it teaches us all truth. Hallelujah. So everyone here is anointed of God. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor you are anointed. Tell him you are anointed for good things. So whatever battle, rise to your feet. Whatever battles are in the family, whatever challenges are in the family, whatever strongholds are in the family. God called you and anointed you for a time as this. God knows that you will be able to overcome the things that are happening in your family. Imagine Jesus Bible said that he was a carpenter's son. But the man who was a carpenter's son, the thing that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, now they start calling him the anointed one. So, no matter how terrible things are in the family, God has anointed you to be able to overtake those things. You have power within you. Whenever you speak, things change. Whenever you pray, you must believe that you are anointed to change things. And things will begin to change. Begin to pray and tell God, Father, let me recognize the anointing given me. Let my eyes be open to the anointing given me. 
in the name of Jesus. 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 In